Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Today, we're so blessed that you're joining us. You know, there are times in our life when basically things don't go as planned. I know. I've experienced several over my life. You know, my first love was the military. Then it was gone. And I blame God for allowing it to happen. And I had my plans all laid out. But, you know, unexpected turns and, you know, couple that with my attitude, I now can admit that, destroyed those plans. Then it was business. Then it was gone. The difference this time, though, I was born again. So I didn't blame God. I blamed others. Then it was law enforcement. Then it was gone. But this time, I was bored again, called, ordained into the ministry. I was even a chaplain for our department's FOP for several years. And I was, as I was seeing the handwriting on the wall of what was going on in my life, I prayed, I sought the Lord, and in the process, received the peace that passes all understanding. So when the transition time came, this time I was ready to just accept what the Lord had, and I was ready to step into my calling. Well, my guest today has gone through similar experiences. Joel Williams was raised in a Christian home, attended church faithfully as his parents were active participants in the church. Same for me. At age 16, he decided enough was enough. He believed he was saved and figured he could just go it alone now. Same thing for me at age 16 as well. Well, needless to say, his life was not one of sunshine and roses. But I'll let him share all about that and how he ended up here with us today. Amen. Joel Williams is the founder of The Last Christian Podcast, The Bible Versus the World in Prophecy. He's also preparing to have his own radio program with us on Evangelism Radio at evangelismradio.com as well. Help me welcome to the program, Joel Williams. Joel, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to join us on the program today. I do appreciate it. Well, thank you, Brother Bob, and I really do appreciate the opportunity uh, to come on and, and be a part of this. I'm, I'm very blessed, very blessed to be here and, and to be on this mission. Amen. Amen. Now, other than that brief information I just shared, the first question I always start with is, can you share with us in your own words, who is Joel Williams? Well, Joel Williams is a person that was saved to be saved. And let me explain that, because this is a very important thing in my life. Uh, as you said, I walked away from the church. I actually went to a church. I haven't shared this before. I actually went to the church that we attended from the time I was probably five years old. I walked up to a minister whose secretary had called my folks and told them that I was hanging out with the wrong people. And I went into that church office and I said, you take my name off the rolls. Mm. You take me, I, have, I don't want to have anything to do with this because of what you've said. Of course, now what they heard was absolutely true. But I wasn't willing to hear that. I wanted to get out and I left. I left the church. Now, I still call myself a Christian. I was baptized. 
I still call myself a Christian, but I was far from it, and we can talk about that. But uh, I went to Galveston with my wife on vacation. I can't swim a lick, Bob, not one bit, okay? But uh, when uh, Galveston, had the, the, uh, the water's probably a foot, uh, maybe a foot and a half uh, for maybe 50, 60, 70 yards out into the ocean. And uh, Mr. Overconfident Joel got out there doing the only thing he knew how to do is in the water, on, on, floating on his back. And did that for a couple of days and got really overconfident. And final day we were there, long story short, I ended up about 200 feet or more from the shore, all by myself, Atlantic Ocean, Gulf of Mexico, and reached down with my foot and couldn't touch the bottom and went into a panic. Now, had I gone into my normal panic, I wouldn't be talking to you today. Mm-hmm. But there was a voice. I'm not saying audible, but there was a voice that said, you got out there by yourself. You can get back. And for the first time in my life, the panic didn't kick in. I was saved to be saved because I made it back to shore and that started the journey that started me on my way to Christ and on on my, on my way to this mission. So uh, that's just a kickoff for you. Yeah. Amen. Now, you know, your parents raised you basically in the church as my grandparents did. I was raised by my grandparents. And at the same time, you know, I, at about the same age, I may have, I may have actually been 50. It's either 15 or 16. I don't really remember right now, but you know, you decide you had enough of church as I did, but other than, you know, leaving the church, you still believed you were saved. You just oh, I was part of that church anymore, right? I, I was, I was absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was. Uh, anybody could have asked me, and yes, I'm definitely a Christian. I, I knew enough about the Bible to be able to sort of prove that, but uh, my life was far from that. I, uh, I didn't care. Uh, I loved my life. I was doing good. I was making good money. Uh, you know, I had a job I really loved in the in the airline you industry. Worked for American Airlines, right? Right, for, right. For a long yeah. time. For a long, long time. Yeah, many, many years. Yeah. Uh, tell tell and, us about your life during that period of your life. Well, my life was the airlines. My life was uh, you're going to ascend all the way and you're going to be the president and chief executive officer of American Airlines. And that's from starting on the ramp. Uh, loading loading people's bags. But as a ramp agent, I went and stood behind a ticket agent and learned how to use a computer. And I went, uh, I worked my way up again, not caring who I stepped on. And I made it to the point where I was a station manager and a regional manager and in in the uh, corporate offices of American Airlines. I was plugged into different cities that were in trouble. I went in and I fired people left and right. It almost gave me a joy to do it in order to uh, make a station better. Uh, and like I said, I was making good money. Everything was everything was awesome. But the thing is, is that it took me away from my family. My family took second place, if that high. I don't even know that they were that high on the list. Yeah. And uh, it cost me a it, it cost me a marriage. It cost me uh, three beautiful kids. Uh, but yeah. my my life was beautiful as far as I was concerned. I, I was living the good life, and I loved every minute of it. Were you, were you chasing money to prove your success or chasing success to pursue money? Both. Uh, you know, I, I knew I was good at what I did. 
and I wanted to make as much money as I could possibly make. And the only way to make that money was to keep going up, mm-hmm. finding that next job, and uh, never had a problem doing it. I, again, I didn't have a problem uh, stepping on somebody in order to do it, take credit for something that wasn't mine or whatever. It, it didn't matter. It right, did not right. matter. But I can tell you this, God wasn't in my life. Oh, right. Not a drop. There was, Although you there thought was. he was. Yeah. You know, and, you know, if I really needed something, I'd pray, you know, and oh. then expect it to happen. Uh, but uh, as far as daily prayer, reading the Bible, getting into the Word, going to church, oh, yeah. none of that, none of that for you more know, than 40 years. You know, we talk about our similarities and stuff. When I was in the military, you know, that was all I ever wanted to do since I was 14 years old. And, uh, you know, when I got married at age 19, had two kids by the time I was 20. And, uh, you know, so, but the military was still my first love. Have you heard me as you, as we said, mm-hmm. the opening and, uh, you know, I can't tell you how many birthdays, anniversaries, you know, special events and stuff I missed. And, you know, sometimes my wife would complain about, you know, the hours I was dedicating, you know, to the military because right. I was an officer and, and I told her, I mean, this, I, I was flipping about it, but it was 100% honest in my heart. I said, I married the army before I married you. Right. And that was, right. you know, that's just the way it was. Right. And uh, when I got rifted, I mean, a reduction in force, right? Uh, they, they came out in 1989 and said, you know, we got too many officers. We need to start cutting back. And I was one of the ones on the chopping block. And uh, that just totally destroyed my life you know my plans my goals my aspirations no didn't say anything about god mine 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 right right and uh you know that that was a devastating time for us and and through that you know i dove into the next job which was business related and rose to the top in our industry in our company and and you know had my own office and had you know Three full-time employees, two part-time employees, and nine agents. You know, I mean, I was I was running the show, you know, and it was it was great. And then the company decided they were going to restructure, and I lost all that, you know. And, and you know, God is cheap, keep trying to get me in there, you know. Right. But you know, but I'd become an alcoholic, and you know, I mean, our family was, you know, it was just it was a bad time until January twenty fifth, nineteen ninety two, at eleven thirty five p.m. Eastern time, at a little empty co- apartment in Columbus, Georgia, when the Lord, I say, invaded my life. Uh-huh. Wasn't nobody there, but it was just him, you know. But what was your family life like at that time? Well, my family life was almost non-existent because I went in at seven o'clock in the morning and and usually wouldn't come home until after midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was fully dedicated to what yeah. I was doing. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned holidays. Uh, I. <laughs> I can't really remember spending any holidays or any birthdays with the family. Um, holidays are the busiest time of year for the airlines. You know, the busiest travel day of the year is right around Thanksgiving. Yeah. And so uh, I had to be there, for, especially when I got into, into management. You had to make sure that things went well. So I missed holidays. I missed birthdays. And you know what? I didn't care. Right. Because Amen. I had I had the uh, the airline by the tail, you know, and I was gonna I was gonna be successful. That was my that was my only the only thing that really mattered to me was making sure that my career took off and stayed that way. 
So family life, no, it was terrible. It, it was absolutely terrible. Well, why did you leave the airlines? Well, I traveled so much. Uh, they were plugging me in and out of cities on a regular basis. Like I said, I, I was called Mr. Fix-It. If there was a station that was, was not performing well, they would plug me into that station, let me go in there, I would clean house, I would do whatever was necessary to make that station perform well. At times, I was running two cities at once, which would mean uh, being uh, waking up in one city, doing some job, a little bit of work, uh, then jumping on an airplane, going to another city and do the same thing there, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I lived in hotels more than I lived at home. And it came. there came a time when I finally spoke up and said to my boss uh, back in headquarters, just leave me alone for a year. Let me sit here just for a year. Uh, I'm, I'm tired of the bouncing. And they promised me they would. And within three months, we want you to go to Santa, Santa something, California. And I said, no, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go back to Dallas. I'm done. So I walked away. Mm -hmm. Now, looking back on at the time, I thought, you know, okay, I'm just revolting against them. You know, I'm fed up, I'm burned out or whatever. But looking back on it, that was God moving me out of that because the airline industry was not good for me. Not good for me spiritually. Yeah. So... Um, that, that's why I left. Amen. So what'd you do then? Well, at that point, I tried to start my own business. Uh, the internet was just really getting started, I guess. And I had an interest in writing books. And so I developed a, a, a book site and actually began to get some, some pretty good response from it. Amen. But... Um, Still, it didn't take off enough that I could live off of it. So I went into car sales. <laughs> I, I worked as, as car salesman uh, selling uh, new cars, and uh, I did that until one day I was sitting at my desk, and my uh, boss that was in the very next uh, little thing for me there said, you don't look very good. And I said, well, I'm not doing well. And that was my last day of work. Mm. Uh, everything, my, my body began to just fall apart on me. I, uh, God had other plans for me. He had these plans for me. I didn't know that at the time, but uh, he, he moved me out of that. And yeah. again, that was a good thing because the, air, the, the airline industry was bad for me. The, even the, the, I think the car industry was worse because of the fact that it, it takes so much of your time away from you. Uh, but you also can't be as honest as you would like to be. Yeah, uh, and I, it became I too the easy. Same part-time job is. <laughs> not part of it. it was a full-time job, but I only worked it for a few months. I said, this yeah. is yeah, this is not me. Yeah. So you know, I, I've I've tried a bunch of stuff. You know, I really have, and and uh, I'm, I really want to get into this because it's really important to me. And uh, you know, I just I. When I when I accepted Christ, and I, I want to I want to get, really get into that, but when I accepted Christ, I really felt like I had to do something, but the but the problem was that I was picking what I well, thought was best. What what happened that led you to that point? of accepting Christ and can you share what happened, how it affected your outlook? Absolutely. Yeah. That. Well, it, it goes back to Galveston. Uh, when that occurred, you have to understand that, uh, 
in my life, any time that I was around water, I have a tremendous fear of water. If it got up to, to my waist, I would go into panic. I would start flailing away like some kind of an idiot and sink to the bottom instantly. And, you know, I've sunk to many the bottom of many pools and fought my way back, you know. But this was an ocean. You know, if I'd have done that, I, I'm done. But when I got back to shore, the question was, why was it different? What, what happened? What, I mean, if I had done what I had done all of my life, I'd be dead. Why in the world didn't, it, didn't that happen? And that led me and my, my wife said one day, you know what? I'd like to go to church. Well, bingo, that's exactly what I've been thinking, and I was too embarrassed to say it. So, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and do that. And so we went to church, and it seemed like for the next several weeks that every time that minister got up, he was talking to me. He wasn't talking to anybody else in that church. He was talking to me, and it made a difference. And so, I mean, this wasn't something that was days. This wasn't something that was weeks. This took months and months. Putting that Galveston experience, the, the questions began to get answered. And so one Wednesday night, when my wife was homesick, I went to the pastor and I said, can I speak to you for a minute? And he said, sure. We went to the office and I said, uh, Brother Jim, I... Uh, I got a question. You know, I'm I'm really wondering if I'm if if I'm really saved or not. You know, and uh, he said, "Well, okay, this is pretty easy. Uh, if you died tonight, would you go to heaven?" I didn't want to hear that, brother Bob. I didn't want to hear that because that was my question. And at the moment he asked it, and at the moment that I understood what that question was, my question was answered. No, you would not go to heaven. And I got down on my knees in his office at that moment, and I gave my life to Christ. And from that point forward, the only thing that's been on my mind is how I can help, how I could serve, how I could bring someone else to the point of just listening to the message. That's it. Amen. You know, that reminds me of, of something happened to me. Uh, I had been born again, entered the ministry. I was a, a traveling evangelist. I'd go to different churches and, and I was invited to speak in Copper's Cove, Texas. I know it well. <clears throat> and uh, went down there and, and, you know, I had, you know, was, he said, take as long as you want, you know, 45 minutes, an hour, however. And it, so I'm down there and I'm, I got a great sermon and I'm on fire. I'm just going for it. And I, I'm not one to stand behind a pulpit. Okay. I'll walk around and, and I'll walk down the, there's like four or five steps down from the platform. I'm down there preaching and I hear the Lord say, the spirit of the Lord said to me, shut it down and give the invitation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they videotape it and you can see me stop. And I'm arguing with God. Like it's only been about 15 minutes. You know, God, you know, I've got a good sermon going here. I'm on a roll, you know, <clears throat> and it said again, shut it down, give the invitation. And on the video, you see me go back up behind the podium and I grab it with both hands <laughs> and I'm still arguing with God. Uh-huh. I said, uh-huh. but I got a 45 minute sermon here and it's awesome. And it's going to be videotaped and shut it down, give the invitation. And then you can see when I finally accept it and I step back and say, Holy Spirit is telling me 
there's someone here that needs to hear this. So I gave the invitation. And one person from the back of the room stood up. Well, he's already standing up and walked forward. He -hmm. was an elder in the church. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he he, he accepted the Lord right there and all that. And then he turned around to talk to the crowd. And he said, when it's something that I said during that first 10, 15 minutes, and the Holy Spirit said, this is for you. And he's Mm -hmm. starting to argue with God sitting back there. Uh-huh. I've been in this church 20 years. Right. You know, and blah, blah. And the Holy Spirit put that same question as if you died tonight, would you be with me? And uh-huh. he couldn't answer the question. Well, and, you know, you just you just hit on something that, you know, is near and dear, dear to my heart because uh, you know, I like I said, I always always considered myself to be a Christian. I would have told anybody that I was. Yeah. Uh, but at that moment, when I accepted Christ in in Jim's office that night, now I've got to go in. You know, he said, "Well, you know, you're going to need to come up on, on Sunday morning, you know, and you're going to need to uh, to make that statement of faith in front of the church." And I said, "I don't know if I can do that, Jim." Yeah. And the, all the I've, I've told these people, you know, the whole time I've been in this church, I'm a Christian. Yeah. You know, how, what is the church going to think of me? I mean, you know, they'll they'll probably, you know, I'm I'm going to lose. Uh, so many friendships people are gonna you know uh, it's it's this isn't good this is not good you know and uh he said you'll be fine it'll be fine don't worry about it well i mean uh he that next that following sunday morning he said well you ready yeah i said well no (laughs) not really (laughs) you know i'm still i'm still concerned he said you'll be fine you'll be fine don't worry and and i made that i made that walk down there and you know thinking that i've got you know people's eyes just tearing me apart or whatever right and when i uh, made the profession of faith there and, and or jim announced it to, to the church there was uh, raucous applause yeah. you know and uh, you know well, that's it, what it, happened here in copper's cove this guy was arguing in the back of the room said god you know i've been here all this time and you know people you know i've ministered to people led them to the lord Right. And he said, how can I go up there like that? And he's arguing with God. At the same time, I'm arguing with God. And he said, okay. Well, absolutely, actually, it was before this because he said, okay, if this is really you, you know, talking to God, he said, if this is really you, I want to do it right now. And he said, about that time, I just stopped right in front of me because that's where the Holy Spirit says, shut it down, give the invitation. You know, and I'm arguing with God. Amen. And he's like, what's going on? You know, and I walked up there and I'm, I'm behind the podium. And I said, someone here needs to receive the Lord right now. The Lord's been talking to you right now. And and he's like, no way. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Said, 15 minutes into the sermon, this guy is shutting it down because I asked the Lord yeah. to. You know? So he could, he had no excuse, you know, oh, yeah, and, that... and I obeyed. And that's what resulted in it. Cause I could, I mean, I was already with God. God, I got 45 minutes here and this is a great <laughs> sermon and I'm on a roll, you know, and he, he, but that showed me the importance of allowing the Holy spirit 
to lead the conversation. It's just like yeah. I told you, you know, we just go until the Holy Spirit tells us, okay, shut it down. That's, that's right. That's that, right. That's how I, I run every yeah. interview. It's the same yeah. way, you know. Yeah. And that's how we do it. Amen. Well, you know, immediately after, immediately after I accepted Christ, like I said, I wanted to do something. I wanted to be involved. And they had a, a, a church meeting, and I was already in the uh, on the building and grounds committee that shows you how much I was into the church already mm -hmm. uh, and I was there and uh, they had a Facebook page but they had never done anything with it it was basically blank and I said you know well I'm, I'm fired up I want to get people to come in here to this church you know uh, could, could I take over the Facebook page and said sure you got it go and do it I said well okay well I'm going to record the sermons then and I'm going to go ahead and put those on well I didn't realize that you couldn't put something out there if it you know maybe different now but without a video and we didn't have a camera you know so i was picking little slides and put running the video over the top of the slides and my my daughter one day said well dad have you ever heard of facebook live mm. no what's that well uh, long story short, took over the uh, video department. Uh, we had uh, uh, the videos begin to run, and that that was that became my life for the next two years. Uh, Serious. I mean, Monday through Sunday, I was I was dedicated to it. You know, Amen. but uh, uh, yeah. it's it's been a growing thing for me. It's just you know I'm I'm inspired to do something. And yeah. when we moved uh, a couple of years ago, that. That was taken away from me, so I had to look for something else, and that's brought me to this to this point now. Amen. And when all this is going on, you were remarried then? Yes, I, I got remarried. Uh, let's see, it's been twenty-one years now. Amen. Um, my wife, uh, my wife now was also not saved. She followed me and uh, accepting the Lord uh, about six months after after I did, and Praise the Lord. so. Uh, very, very happy about that. And, uh, two grandkids. Uh, one of them uh, accepted the, accepted Christ at eight years old. Uh, the minister said, uh, well, you know, I don't really like you know, eight-year-olds. You know, it's kind of iffy. And I said, Jim, just talk to him. Just talk to him, okay? I, I promise you. You know, just talk to him. And, and as he did, he kept looking up at me. And after he's finished, he said, I'm astounded. Uh, uh, so he was baptized. The the uh, now two years later, the other one has accepted Christ. So we have a Christian household here, and we're all proud Praise of it. Amen. Amen. Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with Joel Williams, host of the Last Christian Podcast. Now, Joel's been sharing his background, being raised in a Christian home and a Christian church background. Then, when in his mid-teens, knowing that he knows more than anyone else, and I can say that because I believe the same thing, he left the church. And his story, and my story, that you've been listening to, is not unfamiliar with many people today. The misery, the heartache, focused on making it and stepping all over anyone that gets in your way. I pray you've received at least a small revelation about the importance of a right relationship with Christ through this interview. But Joel shares all of this and more on his own podcast, The Last Christian Podcast. Drop down in the show notes, click the links right there. In addition, Joel has joined our Evangelism Radio family and will be airing programming, live programming at that, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays from 8.30 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time at evangelismradio.com. Be sure to come back, though, for the conclusion of this great interview with Joel Williams in the next episode. Amen. Till then, this is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do.
Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.